My name is Daniel Prince, and I'm the host of the Once Bitten podcast. This is a podcast focused on Bitcoin. It's my mission to interview as many people as I can around the different aspects of Bitcoin and help people understand exactly what Bitcoin could mean for them and for their families and for their future. I hope you enjoy the show. Thank you so much for listening. Hey guys, welcome to this edition of the Once Bitten podcast. Did you wonder if you had tuned in to a different show or whether you'd hit the wrong button on your Spotify playlist or perhaps you thought you had your teenage daughter's playlist on loop for whatever reason when you're trying to tune in to your latest episode of Once Bitten. We have Mr. Boyband himself on today, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. BTC Benny Sessions, who joined me on the show to go down some rabbit holes we weren't expecting to find ourselves down. Hence, the beginning and opening to this show. Stick around, you're going to love it. I did. It was so much fun, Ben. Great to have you. Great sport. Thank you so much for everything you are doing in the space. Before we do the show, shout out. Do you want to go to the conference in Miami? Ben talks about it in this show, his experience last year. If you want 10% discount on all your tickets from general admission all the way up to Whale Pass, use the code BITTEN at checkout or hit the show, uh, hit up the show notes and check out the link there. Stack sats across Europe. You can use coincorner.com. They accept euros and sterling deposits. You will get a free £10 after your first £100. I'm assuming that works for euros too. Give it a whirl. Let me know. Relay. R-E-L-A-I dot C-H forward slash bitten. That will save you on commission. They're running some promos. Check out. It could be free commission if you stack heavy in November and December. Go and find them. Swanbitcoin.com forward slash bitten gets you a free $10. And they are the best team in Bitcoin. They fly across all 50 states in the US. There's news coming out of Europe with Bitcoin Reserve. Stay tuned. And shiftcrypto.ch forward slash Bitten is going to save you 5% on the Bitbox 02 hardware wallet. It's a Bitcoin only hardware wallet. That's all you need. Stack sats. Take control of them. And enjoy this episode with Benny Sessions. All right. We're here with Benny Sessions. How you doing, brother? Pretty good, man. Living the dream. <laughs> How about you? Always, always living the dream, uh, especially when we got Bitcoin in our lives. Lauren, do you have a do you have a question for yeah. this gentleman today? Uh, so you I do? heard you have. A... Are you going to remember this question? Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Uh, so I heard that you have a YouTube channel. Mm-hmm, I do. So why did you start a YouTube channel instead of like a podcast? So I started a YouTube channel because when I first got into Bitcoin, 
uh, I like to learn with actual video tutorials and I like people showing me what to do instead of uh, just trying to read through it. And there wasn't a lot of that. It was really hard to learn Bitcoin when I first started. Uh, and so after a couple of years, after learning a bunch of stuff, I figured I could just be that guy. So I started making videos on, on how to use Bitcoin so that people could actually have somebody kind of hold their hand and walk them through it. Okay. And my next question, I don't, um, this might be a little tough one, but you might know. Um, so how many subscribers do you have? Like views, something like that. So I've got uh, somewhere in the around 60 something thousand subscribers and I've had over 5 million views so far. <laughs> Get Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not bad. But uh, how, how does he compare to Dan the Diamond? Uh, what would you call him? T Dan TDM. Oh, Dan TDM. Yeah. yeah, he's a really funny guy. I love him. <laughs> I, I don't know who he is. Oh my god, These he's guys... but he's really funny, Daddy. <laughs> Maybe okay. I'll have to subscribe. Before that, so this has been a weird thing, right? Being, uh, I I know. Um, your kids are a lot younger than ours. Uh, so yeah, what watching this whole kind of YouTuber craze thing take hold of, of young kids has been crazy. And Samuel he, has been trying to start a YouTube channel for ages, but he's just like, no. Because he won't just man up and record himself doing something. I mean, That's I why. would like to. It's just going to take like five hours to download the, the, the yeah, stupid. He, he's full of excuses. So he's, he's, <laughs> like, he's, he's never going to get there if he just doesn't. Do it. I mean, I would love to do it. Just the Wi-Fi is not really. Excuses. But Daddy, this is this is this is real stuff. You know what the Wi-Fi is like. What do you want to do? Uh, record me and Samuel because like when we're together. Doing what? Like, play, playing Roblox. Me playing and Samuel. Robots. When we're playing Roblox together, we're just like crazy dudes. Record <laughs> you and your brother playing Roblox yes. together. Okay. All you've got to do, do is screen record. It's done. It's true. You could do it. Even with a bad connection, you could pre-record and then put it up. I know it's not the same as streaming live, but it's something. But yeah. Guess you have a point. Yeah. <laughs> we just trashed all of the excuses. Yay. <laughs> all you've got to do is press screen record and you do Yeah. Also, also when you get started with the channel, uh, don't expect it to be everything to be perfect because it will not be. My first videos were definitely not and so you just kind of you just keep going and every time that you mess up or screw up or something goes wrong you just say well i guess i won't do that next time uh and my channel is pretty much a culmination of a lot of screw-ups over a long time and learning what not to do <laughs> so it takes a while should we ask ben about some stuff on the on the shelves behind him yeah, I recognize okay. two things. Okay, all right. So, you do. Yeah, what, yeah. What, okay, what, what so see? the honey badger and the like a uh, thing all the way yep. on the right next to the picture. Uh, oh, that. Sorry, right there. Yeah. That one. Yeah, that that DJ dude thing. The block clock. Yes, yeah, we were yeah, watching yeah. Hoddle Depot. The and, other I, day and I saw YouTube. the honey badger <laughs> and that and that. Yeah. And I, uh, oh, yeah. Okay. Well, let, let's ask Ben about the clock. What's uh, what's the clock about? So. The clock there is the block clock uh, from CoinKite. Rodolfo Novak makes those same guy who makes the cold card and the open dime. 
but basically it, it you can put whatever you want on it like the bitcoin price or the bitcoin block or how many sats you can get for one dollar or whatever you want and you can also plug in if you have an open dime which is like a little usb thing that holds bitcoin you can plug it into it and it'll tell you how much is on it wait is that what um yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. the guy who gives out like free open dime not, like, like to, yeah, yeah not free but like to his like family friends yeah he gives yeah. them yeah, yeah he, he gives, gives them open them, yeah. yeah yeah yes he gives them open dime see i remember stuff so <laughs> Could you explain Moscow time to us or Moscow, as you might say in Northern America? Yes. Yes. Moscow time uh, is, is basically how many, how many sats per dollar uh, you can get. Um, or if, if for the layman that's watching this, that, or listening to this rather, that doesn't know what a sat is, there's a hundred million sats in a Bitcoin. And so how many, uh, how many sats can you get for a single US dollar? And the reason it's called Moscow time is I can't remember who it was. Uh, Jack Dorsey was doing an interview. He had his block clock behind him and it had uh, quote unquote Moscow time. And the reason somebody was saying that was they, it was some terrible conspiracy theory thinking that it was a 24 hour clock showing Moscow time. And so he must be in Russia or so there was some, some stupid thing. And then as everybody was explaining it to this guy, he just refused to believe that that's what it could actually be. And he, he insisted that it was the time in Moscow. So now it's forever known as Moscow time. Yep. That's just crazy. <laughs> is, is there anything else back there that you want to ask Ben about? Uh, no, but I really, I really, I really do like uh, the lights, like the the glowy lights. Yeah, I I love those. They as they shift colors and everything. I love. I also have. They're not on, but I have my Christmas lights up back there already. You should be breaking out the eggnog anytime soon. Like, uh, oh, there's some in the fridge already. <laughs> We yes. should like if we're doing an interview like on Christmas or so like near Christmas we decorate? should we, we should really like put on our Christmas yeah, yeah. hats. When you say we, you mean you? Oh no, yeah, yeah, Christmas hats. Oh, yeah. So yeah, we're mm. gonna put on our Christmas hats. Yeah. That's a solid idea. That's a well, good idea. Like, no like no one's like gonna see it. So yeah. it's, so anyways, it, no one really cares. So. Well, maybe your YouTube channel could yeah. be your, your the first ten minutes of each of our podcasts of you just talking nonsense mm -hmm, to the guests because mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that's, that's perfect recorded. yeah i uh, would so, watch that oh so all i have to do <laughs> all you got, you've got one subscriber <laughs> <laughs> i would I love that YouTube open. <laughs> <laughs> a super cut of all of the all of the questions would be fantastic uh, i'm gonna put you on the spot man you're gonna turn around and pick out one book one book uh, is this my favorite book or just whatever i grab first whatever you Any grab book. Okay, let's see. Give me, give me two seconds here. <laughs> I can just Hold see on. him just be like, um. Hold on, I got it. I got it. Uh, right over, right here. <laughs> Yay! 
if you can't see it, it's oh. Choose Life by Daniel Prince. Touche, my friend. Touche. <laughs> yeah. It looks like you're about to cry. Uh, I wasn't expecting him to do that. I was trying to pull a joke on him and put him on the spot, and he just turned it straight back on me. He's, he's yeah, pro. yeah. It's well. I mean, I, I it took me a second because I was I reorganized a little bit the other day, so I wasn't sure which shelf it was on, but it's here. <laughs> How do you feel about that? He he's read the book. He he already knows a little bit about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, I I, I yeah. <laughs> Were there any funny stories about Lauren in there that you remember? I I'm trying to recall because I most I've read of them it. actually were about Samuel and him like uh, splitting. His yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I I I was reading it as I was traveling actually while I was in uh partially while I was in uh greece this past summer for a little bit i i read it a little bit out there um i don't know i i was i was latching on to the uh you did all these nice calculations towards the end of of uh of of managing your money and and uh and making things feasible and and uh <laughs> your wise investment so i kind of like latched onto that um i don't know it was great though because coming from a family perspective it's just exactly kind of where my headspace is at is 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 how can i just go and be wherever i want and 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 not be tied down to a single location if i if i if i chose to and to prioritize uh experiencing life and family over over work which it doesn't feel like work anymore now that we're doing, we get to do this. I mean, right. yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I know. I, I want to ask you all about Greece and that trip actually, because uh, you, oh, it so looked, I, I was watching you. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I really want to go to Greece. We do. Yeah. It's we, beautiful. It's, yeah. it's great. We've, I've been, I've now been three times. Oh, um, cool. mm -hmm. I worked on a cruise ship. And uh, so I got to see a couple places. Then I backpacked with my then girlfriend, now wife, in 2012 in Greece as well. And then we just went with the family this past year for five weeks, which was crazy. Five weeks, Daddy. We need to go to Greece now. <laughs> and we're a lot closer. These guys are in Canada, like you know. Yeah. Right, Dad. What are you doing? Get on it. Yeah. Booking flights. Yeah, I'll look out. I'll look out for a home swap, and uh, we. Yeah, this is a thing, though. I mean, you 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 guys still manage to to travel in such strange times. Um, but but hang, hang on, before Lauren uh, gets bored, uh, mm -hmm. are you are you ready to say goodnight? Yes. Do you have any further questions? Uh, yeah, I'm ready to say goodnight. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Bye. Goodnight. Really nice to meet you, Lauren. Yeah. Bye. I hope you get more subscribers. <laughs> Thank he you. will he will it's inevitable <laughs> so yeah how, how did you pull that off man like a five week because because you're in canada uh yeah you know travel restrictions they were even hotter than they were i mean but they were pretty bad back then uh you know well you know it was a lot of the restrictions to be honest are especially well it's 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 changing but um, a lot of the restrictions over the past year and a bit have been largely uh, just a deterrent. Just they're they're trying to make it seem more onerous than it actually is uh, to to discourage people from doing anything. And so uh, my first foray into traveling again after 
after everything had shut down was the the Bitcoin 2021 conference uh, in June. And so I was super worried for that one. I was like, what, what is this going to be like? Mm-hmm. How much of a pain is it? Um, uh, so funny story in order to, at the time, in order to go into the, the U S they were like, okay, you got to get like your, your PCR test before you go down and all this stuff. And so I went, I got it, uh, you know, paid whatever it was, 150 Canadian dollars or something like that to get that test. Um, you have to get it within 72 hours of you leaving and all this, you know, what a, the time frame window is so weird, but I get to the airport and the guy at the uh, check-in desk says, oh, you got your test? I said, yep. He did not ask to even see it. Uh, Not a single person mentioned a thing about it from that point forward all the way getting down to Florida, (laughs) which was, I was like, really? I I could have just said that I had whatever and and not even had to show anything now it's been different on other trips they actually asked to see it but it i just found it funny on that trip um for greece it was it was basically uh you you show a a negative test and then they had they also had if you're going from because the the islands were a little you know there's more partying going on there and everything so they if you were going back to the mainland, they asked that you get a test as well. Um, but it was pretty, pretty easy, um, more or less moving between the islands and everything like that. I, I, it wasn't really that onerous. And also people were pretty, maybe not so much on, on the mainland, like in Athens, but the islands themselves, people were pretty laid back. Like everybody was just living their lives and, and it was fine. Um, so I, I don't know. It was, it was kind of, it was refreshing. Um, and then getting home, like I've been on, I think four trips this year, you know, we did Miami, uh, Greece. I went back to Miami for the Oslo freedom forum with Alex Gladstein, which was amazing. Uh, and then, uh, more recently, uh, tone vase had his understanding Bitcoin conference in Dubai. And so I went for that as well. Um, but you know, a lot of a lot of tests, uh, a lot of things in my nose, um, which is you know <laughs> never never wonderful. But uh, it is what it is, I guess. It's it it sucks. But um, and th- the other funny thing about the the travel, particularly with the Dubai thing, was the, let's let's just listen to this logic here. It was a short trip, so. I had to get a, a test before I went to Dubai. Um, but then with the rules within 72 hours of coming back to Canada, you have to have your, your negative test. But I was only in Dubai, like on the ground for three days. So, <laughs> so basically how it worked is I flew, I got a test, I flew in, I landed before I saw any person that I was going to be spending time with for the entirety of my trip, I got my other test to clear me to go home. So they're basically testing me saying that you have not yet interacted with basically another soul that you're going to be in close proximity with on this trip. So get a negative test before all of that, before any interaction with anybody to confirm that you don't have 
the virus before. And as long as you have that, then you can fly home. <laughs> like not like just the logic. Yeah. It's, it was just so backwards. And this is the case with, um, I've got a brother-in-law who's going down to the U S for a day, a day or two to go see a hockey game, I think. And, uh, and he's literally getting a test in Canada and that one will serve as his test to return home because the time frame is so short that like why are, you're you're allowed to currently live here and and have covid right you're a resident you if you have covid at home you just have it and you're in the country you get a negative test while still in the country to go to the another country and come back based on the same test. Why are you even paying for the test at that point? <laughs> like, it doesn't make any sense. Zero. And yeah. th this whole, you can't convince me otherwise that it isn't just a, a whole mass confusion uh, psyop. You know, you keep everybody completely confused with total illogical rules and regulations, and then you just pile more on those that comply, and now you get even more confused because, wait, I did all this, and now you're still pushing this on me. And it's like, it's a mechanism for them just to keep us all asking questions, pointing fingers at each other, and, and dividing us whilst they carry on doing what they need to do. I think the best the best solution is to just go on living your life as best as you can and and just you know for they're banking on the fact that people are are going to look at how the world is and and say well I guess I just won't do anything until a, a, at some point in time which somebody says now you can just just keep living your life you know keep uh, keep doing what you're doing you know, make, make decisions that you deem best for you and your family. And it's the best anybody can do, I suppose. And find a Greek Island Citadel and, you know, yeah, yeah, exactly. I was, I'm not going to lie. I was, I was looking up some listings while I was down there just to kind of, I, I tend to, when I travel, I, I go, huh, what's, what's, what are real estate cost around here? What, what, what would I be looking at? Uh, so yeah, that's always a question in the back of my mind. I think we're all doing that, don't you? Yeah, I, I, I really think. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Every, everybody's looking for their future citadel. I think there's an island boy in every one of us right now. <laughs> I, I definitely, I'm, I'm more of a, a, a mountain boy over here. I'm <laughs> due to proximity, but you know, do what I can. <laughs> exactly. So, how, um, I mean, cruise ship. We, we can't just uh, gloss over that. <laughs> Were these, you're like, uh, come on, you, you got to tell us this. You, you, you were uh, some kind of magician or illusionist kind of. Uh, I, I was a was performer. You were, right? I was yes. a performer. All right, yeah. come on. So before I got into Bitcoin, I I, uh, I sang in an acapella group and I uh, taught dance for a well over a decade. Uh, break dancing mostly hip-hop popping locking kind of depends a few different styles but uh, i taught dance for a long time i was on the ship as a dancer in one of the like in all of their shows uh it was a small cruise line out of the uk called saga cruises so they're mm -hmm. like 500 passenger typically like really small compared to the like you know multi-thousand passenger things that you see 
but because of that, there were it could go into some really cool smaller ports and everything. And over the course of a six month contract, I went to twenty eight countries. Wow. wow, it was it was crazy. Now I, I will say, I I did not like working and living in the same place. Uh, you you're never at ease when you're like actually where you're living. So I got off the ship every chance that I could just to kind of have that, not somebody looking over your shoulder, kind of seeing if you're in line with the rules of the, but uh, it, it gave me a lot of ideas of places I wanted to go back to, which I did three years later with uh, my girlfriend, now wife. Man. All right. So now I'm thinking hundred K party, you're going to be, you're going to be on the floor, like <laughs> head spinning. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see what happens. Maybe we'll, we'll, we'll have a, a break dance battle of sorts. <laughs> I'm more of a popper. Like I, I also, I'm, I'm old now, so I don't know <laughs> what <laughs> I, my knees hurt. Things, things are aching. Uh, I, I used to, I, I don't know that I would attempt this now. I did. I was able to do a backflip. I was like Holy shit. from from standing, jump in the air, full rotation, land on your feet again. Uh, so I was able to do that for an extended period of time. I was able to do um, pitchbacks, which is where you step into somebody's hands and they toss you and you just like lay out and do a full flip in the air and land on the ground. So I I was able to do stuff like that. I It's been years and I don't quite trust myself, but I could probably bust out some popping and stuff like that. And, still do some stalls and different things <laughs> well i mean come on what's popping i've got to ask is popping that... is all the ro robotic kind of movement that you okay. see um so when you when you see somebody and they're moving around you get these little like they get these like jolts where they kind of like freeze in, in place um and then all that like kind of liquidy movement wherever it, it looks like you just melt yeah the that's kind of my forte what did you get how did you get into that like what, what was the uh so initially for for singing um i just kind of and i got in quote unquote late uh not till really high school i started getting into this stuff i'd i'd always been interested uh, but i was really shy as a kid and then that kind of broke me out of sh my shell when i started getting into that so i uh um i i started just i went to like high school choir basically. And then there's a, a performance group in my city called the young Canadians. And they do a show at the Calgary stampede every year, which is like a big, it's like audience of 20,000 or some, some nights, um, big fireworks display and everything. And, you know, millions of people come to that, uh, from all over the world. So I got into that performance troupe and they kind of taught me different styles of dance. I gravitated towards hip hop because it just felt more natural to me and learned more about singing. And that's where I met the guys uh, that I sang in an acapella group for again, like 10 years. Um, so yeah, that that's kind of my, my foray into that. And I guess that, that being on stage made me comfortable enough to start doing videos like this. Um, and same thing, the teaching dance, uh, easily flipped over from that into teaching about Bitcoin. Cause as long as you understand subject matter, it's actually not too far of a leap to teach something else. That's, that was what I was going to ask you. I mean, how did you overcome that shyness? Like, you know, you, you like <laughs> literally, literally like it was the first 
my first performance, well, I shouldn't say my first, basically my second performance with that group was one of those 20,000 audience member nights. <laughs> and so it's like, so it's like I had done one other small show that was maybe a theater of like a couple hundred. And then you, you start uh, rehearsing for this ginormous show and there's a cast of like 175 kids anywhere from like six years old to like early 20s at the time. Um, and yeah, my first, well, second performance, it was me like waiting at the sidelines, ready to go in and peeking around the corner and looking up. And it's a seven story tall building with just seats on it. <laughs> and they're all looking down at the grandstand and at the at this uh, giant stage that they wheel out in front of it. And, and I was like, oh, my God, there are so many people. But you, you just kind of have to get over it really quick. And there was so much to do in that show that you just kind of, I don't know, and you're around people with the same personality. It just kind of changes you. Man, well, fucking hell. All right, I'm going to ask about the hair now. Is that is that something left <laughs> over, or is has anyone uh, ever asked you this question? I've ne I've never heard any explanation. This is, I am going to get roasted for this. Uh, <laughs> Why? Okay. So here we go. Um. So so early, uh, as will come as a surprise to none, given that I've just kind of been talking about my background i was like all through high school i was a closet boy band fan right <laughs> so okay. so i was like so it, it was the the typical like uh you know you you see the, the all the boy bands and all the girls throwing themselves at, at and and you're like oh that'd be pretty cool <laughs> to be able to like and uh, you know i was getting into dancing and singing and i was like oh maybe one day i could which i basically fulfilled that destiny of being in a quasi boy band with my acapella group uh which we poked fun at throughout but um so the hair thing this was uh years later um i can't remember what but anyways some some dude in a boy band had a streak in his hair and i was like i could do that <laughs> So, and my wife was like, you are not doing that. That is so, and then I just went and did it and she hated it for the longest time. And now she's like, well, you can't get rid of it. <laughs> no, obviously you got to keep it. It's going to look weird if you get rid of it now. And so, and, and then as I was using it, you know, and I got like the little cartoon avatar for my channel and everything. Now it's like, it's, it's it's like a beacon. If I go to any, any conference or event, um, I was at, uh, again, Bitcoin 2021, there are 15,000 people at that thing. And from across the parking lot, uh, you know, just flooded with people, Nico from simply Bitcoin spotted me and was like, there he is. And like made a beeline over. And said, hey man, I saw you from way over there. And same thing as I was walking through the crowd, um, you know, it's just, you can't, you kind of can't miss it. And so that was like a blessing and a curse. So a couple of times, like pretending to be too hot, I'd like put a shirt over my head. To, oh God, it's so hot. I got to get something just, just because my voice was going hoarse from talking to so many people. I was like, nobody will know me if I cover the hair. Yeah. <laughs> so how long has this been a thing? uh years now um probably probably five years six years i think something like that so the the boy band thing 
Uh, I'm trying oh, to it, 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 it well carried over into adulthood. <laughs> <laughs> it well carried over. This was this was this was a full adult decision that was made. <laughs> I was gonna say because I'm trying to I'm trying to piece together your age, and I'm like, he can't be 25. Like, you know, oh no, no, I am 36, my friend. <laughs> the thing is. I've had a lot of ridiculous hair in my day. And so this was not much of a leap for me. Like I've right. back in high school, I had, I had like full on just like spikes all over my head with bleach tips. I had uh, surfer hair at one point that was just like beautifully blonde and curly. <laughs> I've had it all. So to get, put a streak in the front of my head was not a big deal. All right, man, let's go there. Boy, <laughs> the best, the best of all time. Oh, and sync for sure. It's not even a question. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 It's that's that's the way to be. You can't uh, you can't deny. I mean, like kudos to Backstreet Boys for keeping up with it for so long. They're still pumping out new albums. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I got a soft spot for no strings attached. And bye 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 and all that stuff. <laughs> you, you, you weren't even tempted by, uh, you know, you, you boys across the pond when Take That came out and started throwing it down. See, I didn't even know that was a thing happening. I, I like came late to that party. I did get on the Westlife train for a little bit. Uh, what up? What's and I mean, Robbie Williams as a solo artist was pretty fantastic. I, I enjoyed a lot of his stuff. Um, yeah, there are. I'm I'm trying to think of the other British boy. I mean, you know, One Direction Blue, came I across. One, Blue was yeah. was definitely one. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I was just, I saturated my playlist with that kind of crap because it was just the world that I was in. And it was like, you know, you're constantly learning songs and stuff like that with different performance troops. And, and that just kind of, you know, it's, it's very much fiat music. I understand that. <laughs> I know, I know everybody listening to this is like, who in the hell is this guy? I don't care. There are... <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny because I think I tweeted something about it one time. And then there were like three guys that were on Bitcoin Twitter that were like, yeah, man, 90s boy bands are the shit. And then I think somebody put the the gift. There are dozens of us. Dozens. <laughs> so there are Bitcoin or boy band fans out there. And there are dozens of us. <laughs> Oh, this is too much, man. I can't. <laughs> I didn't know that this was going to be the start of our conversation. No, did I. Nope. Nobody's going to take a single thing I say seriously after this. Oh, man. Of all the rabbit, ho rabbit holes I've explored in 210 episodes, this is going to oh. be the weirdest one. <laughs> that's, that's fine. I'm, I'll, I'll take that crown. All right, man. Fucking hell. How did we even get there? Oh, it was the cruise ship. Uh, that that's what unlocked it. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Oh right. I, I will I will say that the 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 performance did um send me down the uh rabbit hole of being able to teach and do it in a semi-entertaining way was kind of the segue of of Bitcoin and being able to to be in the space and and I think maybe a little bit to do with why um, some people have gravitated towards the videos and found them useful is just that, that ability to kind of be in front of a camera and explain things, but also be, 
you know, hopefully semi-entertaining. For sure, mate, for sure. But I, I, I'm, dare I ask, <laughs> was, there, <laughs> was there, did you go from, from like uh, that, that world and then Bitcoin found you or was there an interim somewhere? Was there another fiat career that? Uh, well, no. So I, I started noticing Bitcoin throughout 2013. I saw it a few times, you know, every time you see it, the price is up and you think you missed the boat. And so around the peak of that cycle, I, I started to say, well, it's either a, a, a scam or there's something more. So I spent a few months reading and this was just pure curiosity because I was kind of already into some techie stuff prior. Um, I was for a while, I was flipping MacBook pros. I, I buy like a, I buy a MacBook cause I had done it to my own, uh, where I, you just, you, you know, simple things like you swap out the hard drive for a bigger one, or you put in some more Ram or something like that, where, um, especially for the earlier ones, it was like, you need all that you needed was the technical skill of being able to pop in a Nintendo cartridge. Like that's how easy it was to do. Um, so I learned a few basic things and then I was, I would, I would buy a used MacBook, upgrade it, the, the parts for cheap and then sell it for like $300 more a day later. Um, so I did that for a while. And so I was still, I was on that kind of techie, I, I would read various tech publications and then Bitcoin crossed my eyes a few times that led me into learning about it. And my first purchase ever uh, was like a couple, uh, I, the same week roughly as when Mount Gox imploded. <laughs> so, so I, and it wasn't much that I bought and I didn't buy it on Mount Gox, but like just the, the action of having bought it right then and then have the headlines plastered with like Bitcoin was hacked and, you know, uh, but at that point I had read enough to understand, no, that was just a terrible business that, you know, had custody of people's funds and lost them. It's not Bitcoin itself. Um, there was a bit of in term of, of learning about that and trying to piece together how my skill set would maybe fit into being able to do Bitcoin more, uh, be more a part of the ecosystem. And so I, I dabbled with the arts portion of that, um, having shows and tying it into giving artists tips as they're performing. So I, I did something called uh, the Bitcoin sessions and that's where the sessions thing came from kind of like a uh, like live sessions that you would see on, you know, old school and MTV or whatever. Um, so the idea was, Hey, we'll get a bunch of local artists uh, you know, acoustic artists, my acapella group, other, other musical artists will do a show and we'll, we'll splice it in with Bitcoin education as well. And so if you bought a ticket to the event, you would get 10 bucks worth of Bitcoin alongside your ticket uh, as you entered through the door. Um, we helped people set up Bitcoin wallets as they were there, uh, as on intermissions in between artists. And then there was a Bitcoin ATM there that you could also learn on if you wanted to get more Bitcoin. Uh, and then around the room were pictures of the performance artists, and then they were overlaid with QR codes. So you could use your Bitcoin to then tip the artists uh, that you liked the most that night. And so I, I did, a, uh, I think, two or three of those events just to kind of see how it would go. It wasn't like a profitable thing, but for me, it was, you know, combining the two worlds 
but from there, kind of the education piece became evident and I, I was comfortable teaching people how to do stuff. And so in early 2016, I started the channel and I just started doing one video a week, a tutorial or video on whatever I felt like covering. And uh, I said I would do it every single Monday and I just haven't stopped. And now I do far more videos than that. And it's been uh, over five years now that the channel has been running. That's mad, man. You were doing that. So like tipping the artist via QR, QR code was going on. You, you were pushing that in like 2014, 15. Kind yeah. Of. Yeah. Shit, man. Like that, that's. Yeah. Yeah. There was, it was, there were fun shows. I think there's still videos up of it too. Like there's, there's a video of, of the event and it has, you know, my group singing a few other artists that were doing stuff and there, and also the people that were performing were just insanely talented. Uh, but yeah, it, it, it kind of shows the event, the people, it was a little coffee shop that we had, we had a decent turnout, especially for 2014, 2015. Um, and then, yeah, the little in-betweens of us talking about Bitcoin, people being taught how to use wallets and stuff. It was fun. Um, yeah, but you know, it was, it was, it was a good interim and helped me nail down what I wanted to do, uh, with Bitcoin. You still singing? Uh, it's been a while, but once in a while we get together. So uh, the last time would have been would have been like a year and a half ago but i'd really like to get together with the guys again to to uh to do a song here and there i'm gonna have to uh me and stefan lavera wanted to host when there was gonna be a bitcoin 2020 we had an event that was uh queued up and it was gonna be uh bitcoin karaoke it was gonna be me and him hosting it and we're gonna have a bunch of bitcoiners there's actually a bunch of bitcoiners that sing stefan included really and, and yeah, oh yeah, yeah. So he's he's kind of got the crooner voice. He, I, I picture him doing like a a, a mean Frank Sinatra or something. <laughs> so yeah, we were gonna host a a karaoke party prior to the event. Maybe we'll have to get one going for Bitcoin twenty twenty two as a satellite event. I think that's gonna have to happen. They'll be sold out, I'm sure. If you and <laughs> yeah. Stefan, if you and Stefan are up there pulling a uh, a duet of some sort, I think uh, yeah, that that's what the people would happily spend sats to see <laughs> it would be a lot of fun <laughs> so the, the the group you're with have you managed to orange pill those guys or are you still trying there there's a few of them uh one of them's on twitter his name is griffin dave like griffin like um uh harry potter <laughs> yeah right okay griffin, yeah griffin dave but he's he's hardcore uh he and he was the most resistant in fact, the event that I was talking about, he was like, he was like, oh, this is, this is garbage. He was like not having it. And then he capitulated at the peak of the 2017 uh, bull market. Basically, he came in, I was working OTC at the time. He came in with a, a, like stacks of cash on like the, the, <laughs> the like post peak pump when it went back up to like, whatever it was, 16K or something like that, US. Uh, yeah, he came in, he bought a ton then. And then he proceeded to have the same journey that I did, where it was basically nothing but down for the entire first year of ownership. <laughs> but but he weathered it and he stuck around and he's still here and he's uh, 
he's Bitcoining like a champ. Uh, so kudos to him. Uh, kudos to Griffin Dave. Do you think you could, I mean, is there any chance that you could do acapella pump it up? Does that work or not? Oh, that'd be pretty awesome. That would be pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, the other, the other, one of the other guys in the group is a beatboxer. He also, uh, he's been moderately orange pilled and, uh, and he's, he's stacked some decent sats over the past four years. So good for him too. Uh, uh that might be a possibility. This could we'll be see. your boy band moment, man. This is this is the loop closing right here. <laughs> this is yeah. This is full circle. The world's first famous Bitcoin musical act. <laughs> Acapella, <laughs> specifically Bitcoin. Nothing but Bitcoin related songs from here on in. <laughs> you just said that you were working OTC at the time. Was that another thing you were doing? Uh, so I worked for a bunch of different Bitcoin companies okay. between between. Uh, 2016 and 2020 uh so yeah at first i cleared just kind of as like running errands for a bitcoin atm company um called they're now called bitcoin well and so i would just run around kind of like clear the cash out of machines and and it's it's funny because like now i think of how insane some of the things i saw early on were but uh and like Come on, give, us, give, in, give us an example like uh, okay oh yeah like peak of the 2017 bull market and i'm working otc and everybody and their grandmother is basically kicking in the door with stacks and when i say stacks of cash actual physical stacks of cash uh and we had like three desks and basically people it was shoulder to shoulder in the room, it was a decent sized room, shoulder to shoulder in the, in the room of people just waiting to basically hand over stacks of cash for whatever coin went up the most that day. <laughs> and it was, it was not good. Uh, also, we had just moved into the building. There was like no, there was, there was no security system. There were no cameras. Any idiot with a gun could have come in there and easily cleared a few hundred thousand dollars uh, in cash. On top of that, the bank across the street from us literally ran out of cash because so many people were going over there and taking out <laughs> cash to come over to the OTC. There was like, it was, it was insanity. And I, I'm looking back, I'm like, well, obviously that was the top. Like every person, it was like, Ripples up to three and a half dollars. Great. I'll grab $10,000 worth of that in cash. Uh, Litecoin just hit three, 300 and something dollars US. Great. I'll take 20 grand. Here's a stack on the desk. Just, and there's like money counters, just like counting everything. It was insane. It was absolutely insane. Um, it's not like that anymore. Obviously there's, there's all the like, <laughs> there's all of the, the like, proper ways of doing things there's there's the you know if you came in with a stack of cash it'd be like mm, back up the door like you know I, I haven't worked there for years but it was the the insanity that you saw back then before before because regulators are slow to move they don't before like there was actual like no 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 you guys also must abide by the, the laws of the land um it was just a free-for-all. It was, I couldn't believe it. What town was this? This was in Calgary. Was this going on all over, do you think? 
Or like, uh, did you guys just think, get lucky and open up shop there and that's where everybody was going? Like, uh, Yeah, I mean, I, there were definitely OTC desks in other parts. Um, I don't know in, I don't, I think there was one other OTC desk in, in Calgary at the time, maybe not, but there was a lot like my city has always had lots of Bitcoin ATMs. Um, last time I checked how many there were, which was like a couple years ago, there were like between 40 and 50 just in hmm. my city. Um, so the, and though there before there were like no limits on those, right. It was just what, however much cash you could bring to one of those things, you just in, 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 and get your Bitcoin and off you go. And, and a lot of them previously didn't even have, like, you didn't even have to have a phone number. <laughs> like it was just, it was just like purchase and go. Um, obviously like the regulations on that have completely changed. Most of them, I think now you have to have like an actual account and like scan an ID and all that kind of stuff. But like for a while there, it was just there whatever. are some non KYC chads walking around Calgary, right? Oh now. yeah. Oh yeah. There, whoever managed to capitalize on them or, and like you were getting, you were getting just absolutely raked on fees there, but who cares I right mean, now? Like, yeah, who cares now? <laughs> yeah, like you, you were buying, you were buying Bitcoin when it was like a thousand bucks a pop, and you were getting what fifteen percent fees, probably twenty percent fees in some cases. Mm -hmm. But who cares? You're buying Bitcoin for like a twelve hundred dollars. <laughs> KYC <laughs> like, free. Yeah, yeah. Nobody, oh, nobody man. knows. Yeah. So I don't know. It's and and still you go to the ATMs the the fees can be quite large now it's more of a, a convenience factor so it, it doesn't really hold as much water in terms of uh, reasons you might do it unless you like in, are in a quick pinch and need Bitcoin for some reason but um, yeah back then it was just and, and hindsight is twenty twenty too right like yeah. it, I I look and I'm like God if I could have gone back to that time and just sold all my chairs, <laughs> sold, sold everything I owned, uh, maxed out the credit card on a cash advance, and then just gone to an ATM and plunked, you know, 10, 20 grand in and gotten like 10 or 20 Bitcoin KYC free. That is insane. Uh, I, I didn't have the cash to do that, of course, at the time. And I've been through many boating accidents since, but uh, <laughs> this is what comes with working on a cruise ship as well, right? Yeah, you, you know you had that's true. That was that was the big one that took <laughs> me down. <laughs> so when you were at the OTC and people come and slap twenty grand down in those days, did yeah. they have just like a software wallet? Like how were you? Yeah, like who were you plugged into getting the liquidity, and how were you getting the liquidity onto their like uh, phones or whatever? It's it's that yeah, the it Wild was, West, right? That, oh yeah, it was like it was like there'd be coins sitting in a hot wallet there'd be um you know eventually yeah there was like liquidity providers in the background that were plugged in um but like there were times early on where it's just like there's a there's a wallet that holds x amount of bitcoin and oh we gotta we gotta go get some from another liquidity provider we gotta go like but it was like it wasn't like you were sourcing buys and sells on either end it was like no, the company's holding like a, a bunch of Bitcoin and like, hopefully the, it, it sells it 
for, uh, you know, you, you've got that 20, you know, 15, 20% buffer there on a lot of it. So, but the volatility was still, you know, dangerous. Um, so it was, it was all over the place. And like, as they added a bunch of other like shit coins to the mix, that's when, you know, you had to have like, okay, well, where's this liquidity coming from? And, you know, you get plugged into an exchange on the back end and stuff. And, and, and as it started to scale, like I'm talking before, before the peak, that's kind of how it was like way before when it was still manageable to just do that. And then as the year went on through 2017, it was like, oh my God, there's, there's way more people wanting uh, to, to use this. So yeah, it was a mess. And, and that was as I was kind of on my journey to realizing like, oh, it's kind of everything outside of Bitcoin kind of seems like a lot of bullshit. And so as I'm sitting there at the peak and, and people are buying Ripple for $3 and 50 cents and just plopping it down. And they're, and they're all thinking that it could be as worth as much as a Bitcoin when it's Bitcoin is 20 grand. And I'm looking, thinking, what would the market cap of that be? There's like a hundred billion of those things out there. And like, nobody's doing any basic math around any of this. They just think it, this is cheap and one day it will be expensive. And that obviously, especially when it comes to XRP, that never came to fruition. But there was a lot of, a lot of dumb shit that was happening and, and just so much money being thrown into anything, just, just anything. And for, for that year, most people made out okay doing it too. You know, reminds me a little bit of uh, uh, this year so far, but the thing is after 2017 came 2018 <laughs> and, and that did not pan out well for anybody that was doing that in, in 2017. And this is the problem, right? This desperation of people just trying to find some kind of store of value, like savings technology, whatever you want to call it. Just they, they've got money, but they know it's fucked. They don't yeah. realize they know it's fucked, but they know it's intuitively. They intuitively, yeah. the people were there intuitively, right? You know, queuing up, yeah. trying to, trying to, you know, find some kind of way of protecting their wealth. Well, yeah, like it, think of how people have been conditioned. It's it's basically like their their lives. It's it's consistently more difficult to to make ends meet to to uh, maintain the same standard of living. And in order to maintain the same standard of living, you're just, if you want to do that, if you're, if you're trying to do that, the, for most people, the only way to do that was just add debt, right? You're subsidizing the lack of purchasing power with debt. And so it feels like you're, nothing is changing for you. You're not, you know, making leaps and bounds forward unless you own actual assets, um, and so you're just, you're, you're stuck and it's getting harder and harder to pay your bills and the debt that you're racking up previously to pay the bills. And so what are, what's the solution that is offered to people normally? Well, I'll put money in this, in this mutual fund here and you'll get like a, a, a few percent, which doesn't even, you know, nowadays doesn't even outpace inflation. And so, you know, my parents, when they first got into because I did get them to, to get Bitcoin 
and they had some like GIC, which I don't know if you guys have. Uh, it's it's basically a, um, I don't I can't remember what the acronym st- stands for, but it's it's some interest bearing account type thing. Anyways, uh, they, it had been sat there. They had like seven grand sitting this thing. It had been sat there for years, and they'd made like twenty bucks maybe mm-hmm. on it for for and it'd been there for a long time and. They're like, we're this is doing nothing. We're just gonna take this out and and we're gonna buy some Bitcoin. And I'm glad they did because right now I would be genuinely worried for my parents who are nearing retirement. I genuinely don't know how they would have made it through. And now I'm I'm uh, my worries are at ease because I, I think they're gonna be okay. Um, but I mean, this is the world that everybody lives in. And so They've been conditioned that there's no certainty around just being good at what you do, earning a wage and just saving for retirement. That's, that's no longer possible. You have to speculate. So with a total lack of certainty around long-term thinking, of, of course, people are going to be short-term thinkers. Of course, people are going to look to gamble because they think that's how they make it is they get lucky is that they go and they just, they roll the dice they buy 20 grand where the XRP when it's $3.50 a pop. And they think this is my lottery ticket. This is because not enough people know about this and I'm the smart one and I'm going to, I'm going to win this lottery ticket. and I'll be good. Um, and some people timed it and they were okay. And they, they managed it, but the vast majority do not. The vast majority are coming in at those peaks. The vast majority are, are, trading around, not realizing that they're going to get stuck with a massive tax bill and they're going to keep holding on as it drops, thinking that they'll make it back. And then their taxes are more than the assets that they're left holding. Um, And so, yeah, people are conditioned into making these bad decisions because they've never known a world where it was as simple as get a job, be good at what you do, and just spend less than you earn and save. It's never been that simple until now it is that simple now that's all you need to do what point did you get angry and think fuck i've got to tell as many people about this as i can <laughs> i've i've gradually i mean i was a, a pretty big evangelist with friends and family early on um especially when you first get into it because you're like oh my god i just understood the implications of this and i need to tell every person now I'm a little bit, I, I almost like the, the pushing it was some of the less effective uh, methods of, of getting it to work. Um, passively mentioning it when it makes sense and, and then just going about your life and bringing it up from time to time if the conversation uh, kind of... Uh, I, I think if, if it calls for it, then then sure. But people get curious, right? People are, are going to see and start asking questions. And then when they ask questions, sure, go in. Go in on them, let them know, uh, give them resources, you know, still baby steps. But it's the people that come to me down the line after that many touch points that I see getting it. The people that you push it on, they're the ones that tend to, they wait and they wait 
and they see it and they think, uh, you know, somebody's pushing it on me. I don't want to, people won't be coaxed into it. Right. They'll, they'll come to Bitcoin when they're ready. Um, so I think that's a much better approach. So I don't do the, the evangelism thing anymore. Everybody that knows me knows what I do. So if they want to ask me about it, they can. And then, you know, hopefully I can lead them down the right path. Are they still amazed that you can like make a living from like uh, just recording yourself, like, uh, you know, yeah. messing around with a cold card or a Trezor and, you know, all of a sudden that's an hour and a half long video. Like, Ben, what are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're like, are you going to, do you ever run out of stuff to, to do videos? <laughs> um, no, never. There's so many things. I, I can't get through it all now. There's way too many things to learn and cover. Um, and it's constantly evolving. But yeah, there's definitely the, how in the hell did you ever get in a position like you are? And, and quite frankly, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> it somehow, it somehow turned out, but um, yeah, man, I've got to say, I am so grateful for kind of how things have gone over the past five years. Like I, you know, I started the channel with no intention of it being my job. Right. I've, I've never would have guessed that it could be. And now I'm looking at just uh, my life is basically, I have a wonderful family. I'm in a, a home that I love. I get to, well, a, a little bit more difficultly now, but I get to travel. You know, I can work on the road wherever I want. I can work remotely, however I want. And I've never been less worried about my finances. Um, and that's, that's insane to me. Uh, but, you know, all it took was spending less than I earn and gradually accumulating Bitcoin. And then there, you know, obviously I had to work towards the channel um, and building that up. But I, you know, I was, very passionate about it and it it wasn't it didn't take a long time there was some proof of work in there it took five years well four about four years before i could like throw in the towel and and be like i'm not working for anybody else i, I no longer have a boss um it probably could have happened sooner if i had put you know planned a little bit better uh had somebody behind me saying okay do this do this like to to get me on track but once it clicked in, now I'm like, never go back to working for somebody. Are you kidding me? No way. No way. I know, I know exactly what you're saying. And, and the proof of work as well, you missed a step there, like the, the education, right? Do your own research. Yeah. Like, I bet you were spending hours and hours, like many of us, listen to oh, the podcasts, yeah. the books you mentioned, uh, Andreas. Um, mm -hmm. No, that was, did you mention Andreas? Uh, I mean, I've read a lot of different, like I've, I've, I've gone through <laughs> Andreas's stuff, but like, um, Bitcoin standard, uh, there's, I mean, my shelves are full of just, there's so much good. That's I mean, what I was, that's what I was trying to trip you up with because, uh, when you, when you just <laughs> turn the mirror, because <laughs> I can see the books you got back there. I, I, I can't see the spines exactly, but I know what they're going to be. It's going to be the same collection I've got behind me probably. Oh like, yeah. Yeah. Sovereign individual, when yeah. money dies, fourth turning, all those like non-Bitcoin, but actually Bitcoin books, mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, what else is, but Jeff Booth's book, uh, is back there price of tomorrow. Um, 
Yeah, the seventh. The actually the really good one that I really like is the seventh property by Eric Yakes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I met I met this guy in Miami at the conference earlier this year, and uh, and he was like, "Yo, I wrote a book. Um, it's called The Seventh Property, and it's about the 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 properties of money." And and he said it's it's missing a seventh property uh, that Bitcoin brings to the table. And so my book outlines that. And man, it is like a if if you read the Bitcoin standard, it's like the next thing that you you get to read then, um, because it's same kind of it goes into the backstory of 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 money, uh, but then it gets it goes deeper into the weeds of of like how ridiculous our current financial system is, mm-hmm. um, and then it also goes into the technicals of Bitcoin and and how things are possible. Um, all all in a all in all, it's like it's a solid, solid read. Well worth checking out. We're going to have to get him and Andy Edstrom together because Andy's got 14. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly. Well, he's just, because, Andy just went and doubled. You, yeah, it, exactly. What is, it? what is it? Six minute abs? There's no yeah. six minute abs. <laughs> <laughs> well, if, and if this guy, if his seventh is different to any of Andy's 14, then we're up to 15, right? So oh, uh, yeah, exactly. bring it on. This is what <laughs> yeah. Bitcoin's all about. Number go up. <laughs> yeah, it's it, there, but yeah, there's absolutely a wealth of knowledge out there. There's, there's so many uh, rabbit holes that you can dive down that, uh, you know, I mean, there's a bookshelf full of them. Yeah, for sure, man. And this is why, uh, we're seeing so many people fall down the rabbit hole so much quicker than than ever before. Like, yeah, yeah. the content well, and not just now the 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 books, the podcasts, the you know, it's just how can you I, go ahead? I was going to say I firmly believe that that the consistent narrative of Bitcoiners and the quality of material being put out um, because there's been such focus of, of people that are, are specifically just on Bitcoin. Um, the, the, the cognitive power that has gone in to the, uh, all of the different material, all of the different learning material, books, videos, uh, walkthroughs, um, you know, podcasts, even like the, the, like films that are being made mm-hmm. the quality of that stuff is just so far beyond the ever shifting narratives of all these other shit coins that this is kind of the first cycle where I've seen people uh, come into the space, like the, the broader crypto space for lack of a better term. And then segue directly to Bitcoin, like basically bypassing the shitcoin phase. And I haven't, I hadn't seen that before maybe the past since 2020, maybe was the first time I really started to see it often. Mm-hmm. And I, and I think it just speaks to the quality of thought that's, that's gone into everything that's going out there. And when you see consistency and it's coming through all these different mediums, it, it makes a more compelling story as to what's happening here. And, uh, and, and I've got to tip my hat to every Bitcoin only content creator out there because you're doing the, uh, the world a huge service 
um, in that many people are going to avoid a lot of self-harm by going through uh, some of the great content that's being pieced together. Yeah, I was um, I was thinking about this the other day, and I, I mentioned it on a on a pod with uh, Modern T Man when we because he's he's coming at this angle. You know, he's a Bitcoiner first, but now he's just trying to solve this whole food issue in the in the US um, primarily and the um, medical pharmaceutical uh, agricultural complex and, and how it's just, you know, just disgusting. Um, and all of his content is just like, whoa, like supercharging people's knowledge. Uh, and when you base your, your, your work and your content, and whether that's uh, videos or podcasts or books or articles, anything, right? Videos, if you're basing that on, on truth, on a grounding of truth, you're going to make sure you, damn well you do a good job of it and you're going to get it out there and you're going to get that message across. Um, and then you, you, you kind of like you, you take Bitcoin and, you know, you look at the blockchain or the time chain, whatever you want to call it, everything else, all of those other blockchains, whatever, they're just all over the place. This, this is the one truth chain. And if you are like, you know, it's it's undeniable that nobody could ever question that it's all of it. Every single transaction ever made is based and bound in truth. And that can't but seep into your, you know, behavior and your your psyche. Yeah. Well, and, and the fact that you can partake in and fully verify and enforce that on your own uh like right there on my shelf behind me that that's what you just described is sitting on a credit card size machine on my shelf that's mm -hmm. powerful that's massive um to be able to uh all all but guarantee that nobody can screw with your money by by running a, a piece of software on a, on a cheap computer that's that's amazing uh and you don't even have to get a dedicated machine right like you can download bitcoin core for free you got if you got internet connection and you got a bit of time you you're you're set you are a self-sovereign individual with full control over your money and you are enforcing the rules of the network yourself and that's that kind of power is is in is is an incredible tool for humanity as a whole and i th i think that that uh really once the world realizes and and we slowly are as we were talking about uh once the world realizes that power um i think it's going to propel us uh pretty 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 quickly into into the future into a a better society it's so difficult to explain that to uh, so many people like this, this, this concept of having uh, of running a Bitcoin node uh, and, you know, mm -hmm. just having that, that piece of, like you said, credit card size piece of software, <clears throat> hardware, excuse me, running the software on it. That, you know, that, that is literally turning your brain upside down mm -hmm. because everything you've ever known growing up, your parents, Ever, ever since you started earning money, someone else was always in charge of either your money or your parents' money or your grandparents' money. It was never theirs. Mm -hmm. It was always being manipulated. 
sleight of hand in the background. Now we are, bam, here. This is different. This is ours. No one else can control this. We have the power over it. And you can have a small piece of, you know, a small say in that just by downloading this open source software. And it's just like, it still blows my mind. And it's just, it's been a long time for me to even come to that realization of what's truly going on because like so many, I came in for number go up, right? You know, it was, uh, (laughs) that was what I was here for. You know, I came for number go up and I stayed for, uh, I stayed for the memes on Twitter pretty much like, you know, I think I think a lot of people are going to come in for number not go down, right? Right? They're they're going to be coming from the perspective of, I I can't afford to hold my local currency anymore. This doesn't make sense for me. I'm literally losing my livelihood before I can spend it. Um, yeah, and so I think I think that's going to be one of the main drivers over the next decade. Is number not go down? Is is going to be the new the new meme? You know, this is the escape hatch come through it quickly the the quicker you get through it the 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 sooner you'll be made whole again um but it is what are your other choices right think about that let's say someone listening has got like 10 20 30 40 grand saved up and they just it's a melting ice cube as michael saylor would say you know yeah you're thinking about investing that your choices are People like, yeah, yeah, okay, well, let's just get in on Meta and, you know, back Mark Zuckerberg, even though I hate the fucking company yeah. and I hate the fucking yeah. company. And yeah, let's let's buy Google shares and, you know, perhaps, uh, you know, let's buy Apple shares, even though I've not used an Apple phone since the iPhone 9 because, you know, it's basically still the same piece of equipment with better lens. Like, you yeah. know, so you're going to do all that or you're going to pick up a book or two about Bitcoin and think, well, what's this then? Yeah, it's... um. I, th- I think people are, are cluing in and it's, it's especially in the past couple of years, it's been incredibly evident that something is, is wrong and, and people are noticing, right? They're, they're seeing record unemployment juxtaposed with record highs for the stock market, right? That's we, we, uh, on the same day, those headlines uh, side by side on, on, on mainstream news coverage, they're seeing, uh, they're seeing a, a shifting narrative of there is no inflation to there's transitory inflation to inflation is good. Um, then they're also being told that the inflation number is only, you know, and it seems like a lot uh, in the context of, of the way it's reported, but they're saying 6.2% in the US right now, year over year. But people are feeling more of a pinch than 6.2%, right? If, if it was a 6% bump, it would be inconvenient, but not, I can't pay my bills uh, kind of levels. And when you look at the way that they, it, when you actually dig in and you look at the way that they used to measure inflation uh, prior to 1980, it was, and even in the prior to 1940 something, it was actually called, something like the, uh, the standard of living index instead of the consumer price index, because the way that they measured it, they wanted to measure the cost to maintain the same standard of living, which is the important measurement, right? But then they started swapping in all this stuff after 1980. They, they started to say, well, we want to be able to, to swap in different goods if things get skewed. So if the price of steak skyrockets, we feel we should be able to sub in hamburger because 
steak is too expensive. Nobody's going to buy it anymore. And they're going to move to things like hamburger. So we're going to say that hamburger is, is a replacement, even though it's an inferior good, uh, we're, we're going to say, well, at least you're eating. <laughs> so here's, you got hamburger, but I mean, in, in that same line of thought, you know, what if, if hamburger explodes in price, then you can swap in, uh, beyond meat and that's an equivalent and it's cheaper. And, and so there you go, or, or you could swap in a can of dog food because at least you're eating. So, so they did that where they could swap in inferior quality goods, uh, as, as, a to, to keep it in line. And then they also introduced, uh, the, um, if something improves in, in particular, this, this really helps their measurements when they're, when they're looking at, uh, uh, electronics, if something improves, they factor that into inflation and lower the numbers. So they say, Hey, a uh, computer now is twice as fast as it was before. Technically speaking, uh, it's like buying two of the old computers. So we're going to factor that in. We're going to lower the, how much inflation is actually happening. But it, it doesn't factor in the actual out-of-pocket costs for people. And so like, if you go to the store, you can't say, hey, can I get an iPhone 4 from like 10 years ago? Uh, because uh, that due to inflation, I'd rather have that one. If you bought that, it wouldn't function with today's apps. It's not usable, right? So they're they're the way that they're working is not correct. There was even a funny one. I was looking this up at one point. They even like things that consumers don't care about, like the cost of textbooks. Um, when you're going to school, they said if there was, when it switched from black and white photos to color photos, they counted that towards the improvement of the good and then thus reduced inflation through that. So they do all kinds of crazy things to bring down the stated level of inflation. But if you use those pre-1980 metrics that are actually tracking the cost of maintaining your standard of living, uh, inflation as of this month would be 14%, not 6.2. So 14% inflation. And what are people doing? They're, they're subsidizing that with debt, right? They're subsidizing mm-hmm. it with debt and and you know stimmies <laughs> when they get them and uh which is driving inflation even more um so it's people know something is wrong they don't know the solution they're you know you're seeing uh you're seeing more pushes towards socialism you're seeing more pushes towards the government's got to fix this um but the government keeps on making it worse through these programs, right? There's going to be another $2 trillion spending package in the U S Canada here. It's, it's insane. Um, the amount of, of debt that we've racked up. Uh, it's just, I, I think people almost, they know something's wrong and they're going to act in their best incentives. And, and when they see that, Hey, I can, maybe I can get out of the currency that is hurting me. And I know that I can't buy as much with this and I could sit it in a currency and just save in it. Um, maybe they'll, they'll kind of get on that train, but I think there's going to be kind of some, some hurt in between there, because as you said, people are going to, they're going to gamble. They're going to gravitate towards the, the shit coins in between too. 
They are, man. And like you say, this this push towards socialism that, you know, the, the people feel that, you know, they're being pulled that way and they feel as though this is like uh, the right thing to do. We need to, you know, redistribute the wealth and all of that. But without any grounding in actually like, you know, any history, like, you know, the, this does not end well. And to be quite frank, the people in charge right now are more than happy for you to make this push towards socialism. You're playing in to the great big scheme the great okay. big plan and it's but you, it's impossible to tell people man it's, it's yeah it's because well, it feels good when you get that stimulus check it feels good when you get that free money temporarily yeah. until you realize that it, it it doesn't cover your bills and then so what your instant reaction is well they didn't give me enough that you think that's the solution because you you know most people don't haven't studied any economics, right? And our schooling system certainly isn't to it for them. They don't even touch on it. I came into high school. I didn't know how to pay a bill. I didn't know how to do anything, anything related to money. I didn't know how money worked. Of course, they, you know, that's not going to be a number one priority when they want you uh, using the, the, the currency of the land. So, yeah, I mean, people are going to say, the government needs to fix this they're going to say uh, there's this inclination of not having responsibility for yourself and those that decide to take responsibility for themselves and, and realize the government can't fix this for me those are the people that are going to be the best off because they realize they need to take matters into their own hands hold their own wealth and get away from from the teat of of government because uh it's like it's it's like a drug dealer. They're they're giving you your fix with that stimulus check, and you don't realize that you're just being being I don't know being coaxed into this this mm -hmm. system where you require them to function. And it's almost as if, like you know, Canada is a perfect example. The amount of printing that's been going on there has just been unbelievable. It's like in a currency war to devalue your, it's almost like the, the race to the CBDC, you know, yeah. let's print yeah. the shit out of our money quicker than anybody else. So we can convince our people that this money is broken and it wasn't our fault. It was somebody else's, i.e. the U S you know, perfect, perfect finger to point for, for Canada. Um, because of all their money printing, we had to do it. So we're coming out with a CBDC first and we're going to be the first to make this CBDC and download this app and we will airdrop X amount of CBDC Canada coin into your, and this is, this is how we fix it and how, you know, that, that could, that yeah. narrative could be spun up pretty easy and a lot of people would believe it. Oh yeah. And I mean, who, who isn't going to download an app to get airdrop money? I will. I'll download that app, but then oh, yeah, I'll go and buy Bitcoin with it. I know what you're going to do. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to do that speculative attack on, on the Canadian moose nickel or whatever. It's going to be that <laughs> moose nickel. <laughs> like it's, you know, I don't want to hold that stuff, but if they're giving it out for free, then I'm going to trade it for Bitcoin, right? Like if, as long as people will still accept it, I'm, I'm going to uh, swap it out. Um, but yeah, like you can, you can easily see how that idea takes hold and, and then, and then you become so reliant on it because it's like, I, I get my free money. I, I know I, I still got to keep working, but then, you know, and then it just became, becomes a, a further game of politics of, of who's gonna, who's gonna airdrop more, you know, mm -hmm. and they'll, they'll run on those policies and, and, and people 
buy it, right? They, mm-hmm. they will buy into it and they will, they'll, they'll sit there and they'll just wait for, for their, their money to be dropped into their account. And well, why are things getting more expensive? I don't get it. It's just a, a vicious circle until people take a look and realize what's going on. Yeah. We, 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 we got pretty negative there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's, there's, there's, there is hope though. We've, we're, I mean, we're smiling. We're, we're, we, cause we figured out. <laughs> we're all good. We got Bitcoin. We just want, yeah. we just need more and more people to have it. Uh, you know, this is how we shift the, the narrative and, uh, you know, improve society as a whole, as much as we know this, we, like you were saying, as, as long as this content keeps going out there, you never know when someone's going to pick up on this kind of message. Uh, yeah. you know, one of your videos, one of my, one of my podcasts or somebody's article, whatever, like, uh, if you're listening plebs, you got something to add, right. You know, step yeah. up. Everyone's got an article in them at least, you know, it's, um, we, we need more hands to the pump here. Uh, what's in the frame behind you? On... Which, which, which way this way? No, the other way. Oh, that like, one down there. Is that a framed tweet or something? Like, what, what? This is, uh, I'll recite it to you. Maybe maybe you can, <laughs> I'm going to read the tweet and you guess who, who tweeted it. Okay. Okay. Uh, this was from January 6th of 2020. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. Quote, <laughs> for those Bitcoin bugs excited about Bitcoin's 4% rally in 2020, think about this. Hashtag gold is also up by about the same percentage this year, only with significantly less downside risk. If this is the best rally Bitcoin can muster, how will it ever hit 50K, let alone 1 million? What I do you can, think? I, 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 it's either Peter Schiff or Peter Schiff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got this. I got I got this made shortly after he tweeted it and it's been sitting on, on my, uh, on my shelf, just aging like fine wine. It is beautiful. I can't wait to pop a champagne bottle when we hit that 1 million price point and have this that's does just it, been sitting there. <laughs> does it tell you how many likes it had at that point? Oh, it would be great. Yeah. At that point, it, it, when it, when it got printed anyways, it had 494 likes, 46 <laughs> retweets. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder how many it has now. Is you know, Oh, I'm going to have to look back at that. I wonder if he, it must still be up. Peter's not one for going back and deleting stuff. Oh, that guy. Oh, man. Yeah. I love that he's, <laughs> I love that he's still, like, he's going to be, he will never, I don't think he'll ever own Bitcoin. I think. So you, you just, don't buy into the theory that like uh, he's playing 4D chess and all of this kind. No, no, not at all. <laughs> and it's it, and it's funny. It's a shame because he everything else he says about the economy, about the mm-hmm. the the way that our our money is is created, and then the policies that are put in place is is pretty bang on right when he when he talks about like you know the fed is doing this and that and and it's this is not sustainable you know he's right his timing is not good and it just turns out that he he knows the necessary qualities of of a solution or most of them 
he's just missed the mark by a little bit. And, uh, and that's a tough pill to swallow to somebody who's dedicated their life to that particular solution. Uh, so unfortunately I don't think he'll, he'll ever capitulate on that or he'll just, it'll get to the point where he just fully throws in the towel and it's like, I'm, you know, I'm out of this game, I'm retiring. And then you just won't hear from him again. Um, I think his son is very much going to dive, like embrace and dive down that Bitcoin rabbit hole as he already has. But I think he'll, as he gets older, maybe build a bit of an identity around it, maybe have a bit of a business around it. I'm, I'm still gunning. I keep on tweeting at him. I'm like, Spencer, if, if you don't create, here's a free one. I need you to create shift sats because that is, that is the next big thing. Shift sats versus shift gold, uh, I think would be great. There's plebs out there now going to shift sat. They're going to go daddy and checking out shiftsats.com. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm sure if you Matt haven't Odell got it already. It already. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> talking of, uh, talking of Matt Odell and, um, you know, kind of, uh, like his message, uh, to Bitcoiners and, um, you know, be, being as private as possible, obviously he's doing his own YouTube thing and, you know, faces out there and stuff. Do you ever wish you hadn't been so open with your work? You know, did, how does yeah. that rest on you? Like, uh, have you come to terms with it? Do you think I mean, um, the privacy angle is overplayed? Like, you know, wh where's your mind at? If so, I'll, I'll, I'll say that I love what I'm doing right now. Um, and I will continue to do it, uh, until I see a point where it's no longer necessary, where, where, you know, you don't need somebody creating videos on how to use the internet. Uh, yeah. I will be, I will be equally obsolete in a certain period of time. I just don't know when that is. And that's fine. That's good. That means I, I did my job and all the other plebs did their job. And, you know, it, it just becomes a way of life, which is great. Um, going back, I don't know if, if I were to be, I, I may have gone under a, a pseudonym, but also that I, I feel like it wouldn't have had the same quality in terms of like giving a bit of personality to, to the content, I think that would have been tough. Um, I don't know that I would have had as much fun kind of, uh, you know, being that kind of obfuscated, uh, in doing that, it would be tough, tougher to interact. And, you know, I like meeting people, right. <laughs> I love meeting people. So I would have had a hard time with that. If being totally anonymous meant that I wasn't able to do this channel. I don't think, I don't think I would trade that off because I, I I'm really happy with kind of what I've been able to do um, with it. And regardless of number of views and regardless of, you know, followers and all that kind of stuff. Um, I've just really enjoyed being able to make this stuff and the feedback of people going, Oh my God, I didn't understand that. And thank God there was somebody to physically walk me through it. Um, if it would have negated that by being totally private, then no, um, I'd still probably take that one for the team. I've come to terms with the fact that, yeah, I'm just kind of screwed. Uh, but I've also in doing so I can just make videos on those, those 
privacy measures and hopefully <laughs> give other people the ability to be more private than I am. Um, but yeah, I, I, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Uh, my privacy is basically shot at this point. So it is what it is. Uh, I can, you know, do my best still. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I respect the hell out of Matt Odell though, because, uh, he's towing the line there for, for a lot of people. Yeah. All you got to do is dye your hair black and like, yeah, you're done, right? Yeah. I'll disappear as soon as I get rid of this streak in my hair. I'll just, where'd he go? Yeah. That'd be the Homer Simpson meme going into the bush. You, yeah. You know, that, that's the equivalent. You know, it's like, what? Uh, that looks like that betting session. Nah. Nah. nah it could be him. He's got different hair. Yeah. Definitely not him. Nico would never he's have wearing, seen it. Like, uh, he's yeah, wearing he, a hat. That's not the same guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no, I, I, uh, I, I definitely have accepted that. Uh, that's just the way it goes. But hey, you, you know, at, at some point I will gracefully bow out and I'll retire to my my citadel, wherever that may be. And and just from time to time, hit any sort of Bitcoin related thing, meet up with old friends and I don't know, live live out my my elder years in in whatever locale I see fit. It's going to be interesting, isn't it? And, like, and, and you know, if you look forward 10 years, like... Uh... Mm-hmm. Do we need podcasters really? Do we need YouTubers really? Yeah. Do we need another another book on uh, uh, you know anything to do about Bitcoin? Because it just becomes. You know, I, I once asked Safe this question, like you know, do do you realize what you've written? Do, do, does that hit home yet? He's like, yeah. whatever, man. It's just like it's going to be part of the plumbing. It's like no one's going to read a book about plumbing in like a you know fifty to hundred years time. It's like. Yeah. You know, it might be relevant now, but it's just going to become so, like it's good, it, nothing. Um, and it's hard to I don't believe. know. I don't know about that. I don't believe that. And the reason I don't believe that, yes, people won't read it to be like, what is Bitcoin? But in a historical sense, I think this is is a unique point in humanity's history. And I think years, decades, centuries from now, they may look back and say there was a massive shift in the way things were done. And there were a a certain number of people who recognized it. And these were some of their initial reactions to that shift. And I think some people will be pretty surprised to see how, how prescient some of these thoughts were at the time. Um, I, I think people will be able to look back and say, and there, there were some people that were ahead of their time and really latched onto this thing and really got it early. Um, and I think that'll be that'll be one for the history books for sure. And not to get too deep or, or heavy, uh, but like you know, imagine when you know, let, let's go back to like uh, the times of uh, the Renaissance, whatever, um, or even like the communities around the world. Uh, you know, converging on the medium of exchange of gold, for example. Mm-hmm. All you can do is read about it, which is somebody's, some historian's take on some historian's take on some historian's take. This is all being documented, right? Your videos, yeah. the podcasts, like they can go back and now they get, you know, in a hundred years time, whatever, they can come back and they can listen to any one of tens of thousands of podcasts that are going to be mm-hmm. out there, the films, 
the um the the videos the you know the youtube channels yeah the music that's going to be created and the, you know it, it's it's mad when you think it's, about it's that. it's going to be uh, the most interesting thing will be people in the future looking back at the juxtaposition of the entire world and the insanity that was happening mm-hmm. and the few people that were saying this doesn't make sense guys we have to change how we're doing it and they'll look and they'll be like how did everybody else not listen to these people how did they ignore this when it was so blatantly in your face backwards the way the entire world was structured how did everybody live in such denial um i think that will be the takeaway in the future being like well of course this was the thought process but but how did everybody not immediately see it? And that's humbling, right? When, when you think about that, like, mm-hmm. uh, and I, I, this is when, you know, back to your point earlier, when you try and evangelize, when you try and tell people, you know, like this, this, this our species is evolving onto a new medium of exchange. Like that doesn't yeah. stick first time around. You know? No, <laughs> that's it's a, a hard one. sell. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, don't mind me, my my cameras. Is your camera just crept out? Yeah, we're all good though. I'm I'm right, switching cool. it. Uh, yeah, it's um. Anyway, I want to uh, I want to start wrapping it up. So I've got to ask you the uh, the the question uh, of all questions. If you had one orange pill left to give to somebody, who would you give it to, and why? Oh, I. I'm trying to decide if I want to give it to somebody that uh, that I really, really like, or if I want to give it to somebody that's just been like the the anti Bitcoin. I think I would I would give it to perhaps like a the likes of somebody like Steve Hankey or something, just 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 to witness the the oh oh my god what have i been saying uh i i think i think maybe that would be my but that does seem that does seem spiteful (laughs) but i mean maybe it's for his own good it would be somebody like that or somebody where you could watch the the public realization and then people from that could go uh, basically complete that learning journey with them i really like what uh what's happened with jordan peterson uh, as of late ever since all those uh legendary bitcoiners went on and and mm-hmm. had that amazing discussion with him watching him quickly disseminate that information and the conclusions that he was drawing within that single conversation were I, I was like, wow, good for him. Good for him. Like, you know, and I guess what, you know, what do you expect any less, but um, watching that was really cool. So I think that, you know, I, I don't, I don't need to give him an orange pill anymore. Um, uh, you know, Pierre Polivier, Polivier uh, in, uh, in Canada, he's, he's uh, an MP and he, he often tweets about inflation and money printer and everything. I don't think he needs an orange orange pill he knows what's up he just can't publicly say it yet uh but yeah so some of maybe i'd give it to justin trudeau <laughs> my prime minister right now <laughs> who's just who's just uh who 
recently, recently, like in the past year, you know, forgive me if I don't care about monetary policy, mm-hmm. right? To have somebody orange pilled in that position and then have it publicly play out and see the shift of, I'd be curious to see how he handled um, that understanding to see if he realized the end game and just leaned into it and said, I'll, I'll stick around, kick the can down the road, knowing that uh, things would have to change eventually, that things would come to a head, or if there would be a shift in policy. I think that would be interesting to watch, especially knowing, like if it was an actual pill that I could be like, mm, and, and he swallowed it, and, uh, and I knew that he knew everything that we do, um, I, I, that would be an interesting experiment to see what happened next. Or he'd have to orange pill his puppet masters before he could do anything, right? That's, that's true. That's true. There's probably a few more layers to go through there. But <laughs> <laughs> now, yeah, exactly. Um, let's make sure people can uh, can come and find you, man. Where where do you want to uh, send people to? And make sure you shield your, your Friday night show as well. Oh, yes. Uh, people can find me just on YouTube. Search BTC Sessions. That's really easy. I'm on Twitter. Uh, at BTC sessions again. Uh, I'm also on a handful of other platforms. So, you know, if you, if you find me elsewhere, it's me, just make sure you spell it right. Scammers abound. Um, and then every Friday, uh, this is kind of my most fun and favorite show to do is I do. Why are we bullish at 6 PM Eastern time? And it's always just a panel of Bitcoiners hanging out, talking about Bitcoin and whatever we happen to be excited about that week so everybody gets a topic and we just riff off each other's topics it's a lot of fun there's been some some solid guests we got to get you on <laughs> yeah i missed the one in greece my bad we had a uh, a scheduling snafu but now now That's it's like good. it's either midnight or 1am my time uh, depending uh, yeah it's uh, we'll, we'll 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 make it happen we'll make it happen but yeah, yeah i maybe... i watched a few and you you've had i mean you the one I did catch was uh, you had Sailor on, and then uh, oh yeah, Odell There's and Sailor Preston and Jeff, uh, I think, were all part of the same thing. It was crazy. Mallers, yeah, uh, Vortex came back out of retirement for that one. There's, <laughs> there's Bitcoin Tina came on, so Matt Odell could scream at him for a bit. There's all kinds of stuff going on. American Hoddle, <laughs> man, that was crazy. That was absolutely that was- crazy. It was three hours. It was. It started as a well-rounded conversation and ended in a drunken frat party. <laughs> as it should. <laughs> as it should. All right, yeah. brother. Well, it's been great doing this. It's been a long time coming. Uh, thanks for coming on. Thanks for everything you're doing. You know, you're making a huge difference to people's lives. Uh, you know, huge respect. Thank you. Thank you, man. Glad to be here. Take it easy, bro. Hey guys, hope you enjoyed that rip with Benny Sessions. I don't think I've laughed so much in a uh, a podcast episode. Just hanging out with Ben, talking about his past life, his cruise ship escapades, his his dancing. I I can't wait for the 100k party now. Goodness knows what uh, we'll be able to get him to do after a few Sambucas. And the boy band experience. (laughs) I think all all we got to do is... Just throw on some NSYNC at the, the 100k party and then he's going to be away. I mean, come on, who's who's not going to buy tickets for that? <laughs> anyway, 
uh, as I said at the end there, you're doing a great service, brother. Everything you do is, um, you know, it's it's a, it's another step in the right direction as we we move into this bright orange future of ours. Thanks for coming on, and uh, thank you everybody for listening. Uh, go hit Ben up. Please share with him your favorite boy band song. Let's get a nice little thread going with him and have some good interaction and some good solid Bitcoin Twitter fun over this one. And uh, please head over, check out the show sponsors. If you're in the US, use swanbitcoin.com forward slash bits and start stacking some sats. If you're across Europe, you can use relay.ch forward slash bitten or you can use coincorner.com. Hit the link in the show notes. And um, make sure you're stacking safely. Get yourself a hardware wallet at shiftcrypto.ch forward slash bitten is going to save you 5%. On that Bitbox 02 Bitcoin only edition. And there's a reason other podcasters shield this. It's not because they have a solid marketing team, it's because they have a solid product. Believe us. Now, do you want to go to the conference? Of course you do. Hit up the link in the show notes. That will get you 10% off. Use the code BITTEN at checkout on all tickets from general admission up to Whale Pass. I'll see you there.